We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. Joining us for this episode is Lee Picton, current International Academy Director at South Shields International Academy based in the northeast of England. UEFA A licensed, also experienced at the Newcastle United Academy for five years. I met Lee a few years ago and we recently followed up and got chatting about his exciting new project. There's a new professional club international academy program that's launching at the University of Sunderland in partnership with South Shields FC. So Lee talks about the balance between academics and elite football. We talk about the environments around that and we also talk about this new project that Lee has started. Players coming over to England to play at a really high level and get a really good college education too so let me know what you think at modern soccer coach on twitter at modern soccer coach on instagram please don't forget to check out the youtube page almost at twenty thousand subscribers we should be there in the next five or six weeks if you haven't subscribed please get onto youtube and subscribe and check out the new content at modernsoccercoach.com here is lee enjoy Lee, thank you so much for joining me on the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. Brilliant to have you on. Uh, absolute pleasure, Gary. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a topic that, and obviously a lot of our listeners are, are US-based, and then we've got the, a UK and Australia, and I'm thinking yeah. about putting this together, and we've done a few years of a podcast, and I think in America, the academic side is always going to be a big part of it. We've never actually talked about you know, thriving in the classroom and on the pitch and, and the balance and the dynamics between that. It's a really, really interesting topic and obviously enjoyed putting this together. So first question I have for you, obviously in, in the US with our college structure, we do a decent job in aligning the sports and the academic. But then in my experience growing up, that wasn't really the case. You had to basically choose one one yeah. area, an academic route or a, or a soccer route. and Has that changed in recent years or what's your thoughts around that? Well, I think it's, I think it's changed a little bit, Gary, but I think there's still an issue there. You know, when we look at, when you look particularly at pro clubs in the UK, I think, you know, players are essentially asked at 16 years old, you know, they're given a choice. You know, they're offered a scholarship at 16. And at that point, at, at the vast majority of clubs, you know, they can they can follow almost like that full-time pro pathway, but they'll have to sacrifice something on the academic front. So, you know, whilst the educational programs have definitely got a hell of a lot better, you know, in UK pro clubs over the last few years, and the EPPPs played a you know, major part in that. I think, um, you know, in, in many clubs, there's very, very limited educational pathways that players can take uh, from 16 onwards. And certainly from 18 onwards, 
those pathways, you know, diminish again. So I think we've got a hell of a long, long way to go. You know, I, I come from a background where, like most young players, you know, you, you dream of being a pro footballer. Um, I was kind of lucky enough to have a reasonable brain between my ears. And, uh, you know, I actually got told at 18 at a pro club that I wasn't good enough. Um, but then I went, you know, and I had a great experience at uh, Loughborough University in the UK, you know, world renowned for sports science side of things. And, you know, I've enjoyed a great career in football without being, a, you know, a, a big name in terms of a you know professional footballer background. Um, and I think there's so many kids out there and young players, both male and female now, who who unfortunately still have to make that choice at a very early age. And I think what I'm working on at the moment at, at our football club is is hopefully developing a pathway where those compromises don't have to be made. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get on to, to the parties and the opportunities. Um, just, on, just going back there, uh, and, and in that society in the UK, because I, cause I, again, I remember rugby players, like there's a lot of rugby players that have another career as solicitors and doctors and, and yeah. Gaelic football is the same in Ireland. Gaelic football, very, very much you can pursue that there. Golf, you can pursue that there. What, what is it about the football? Is it the time or is it the rewards at the end of it that the clubs just would rather you just focus on your football? Yeah, you know, I think in, in, in soccer, the rewards are huge, aren't they? You know, both for the individual and for the for the clubs. And, you know, producing the best talent is is so important, um, obviously, in the club's mind. So, you know, I think they, they obviously, they want to, they want to have that singular focus with the with with the players, which is best for the clubs, I guess, in terms of you know developing those one-off unicorn-type talents, if you like, that that are going to you know make a difference within the first team. But for the vast majority of players, as we know, you know, it's no secret, you know, the percentages are tiny in terms of the players that go on to have a you know a successful professional career. And I think you know. We, I think we have a duty and a responsibility, you know, as coaches to try and give each and every player that we work with the best, the best chance of being successful in their lives full stop, regardless of whether that's being, a, you know, end up being a professional footballer or, or not. Yeah, it brings us along nicely. We're seeing now, even in the US, drastically, I think over the last five, ten years, environments are, are almost like pre-professional environments and yeah. Obviously, you, you've a you've a really really good experience and knowledge of these here. Like what between the age groups of of say fourteen to eighteen, yeah. what what needs to be like? How does all that need to be? What needs? What are the non negotiables in that environment for both to thrive? Do you think? I think it's that acceptance that you know, as a fourteen year old player, there's no guarantees of anything, and I think you've got to get the balance right. You've got to create an environment where they can have the opportunity to thrive in in both aspects, you know, both academically and athletically. And I think, um, look, there's more than enough time in any given week, month, year, to um, for players to have a, a split focus at that point in 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 their life. You know, there's 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. I think I've got my maths right. And um, you know, there's more than enough hours in every week. For them to develop to their maximum as a as a soccer, young soccer player, but also still have enough 
bandwidth and focus on on the academic side so we've actually got a really we've had a program running here at the at South Shields Football Club now called our Futures Academy program where we partner up with a local college and it's for 11 to 16 year old players and they they drop some of their kind of non-core um, GCSE subjects in order to create that time where they can almost get the best of both worlds where they they can still be fully focused on their 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 academics but there's enough time built into their timetables um in order to get you know a lot of contact time with our coach and staff and and help them really develop on the on the football side and to be fair you know the the pro clubs you know the premier league clubs through the e triple p system you know that 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 really has changed a, a huge amount in terms of the educational provision within pro clubs um you know day release programs um where students you know student athletes have still got still got the 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 opportunity to to maximize the potential in, in in both areas i visited i don't know if you remember i visited uh monk seaton about it must be about 10 12 years ago um yeah, yeah. All, i always remember we went into the classrooms and, and the academic areas and I always remember there was there was a lot of posters up of motivational select soccer type yeah aspects in, in the classroom and it's kind of like the same where i think there is a consistency with academic and soccer is that you know you, you want the player to eventually take responsibility and have a hunger and drive to to really to go for it and and take advantage of all these opportunities like yeah. how do you think as a from a leadership perspective you can you can put that in in the environment and allow allow the the player to find that drive and that enthusiasm well, I, I just truly believe that there's there's so many parallels between being successful on the field and off the field, and it's about it's about your personal qualities and, and what you develop as a as a human as a human being, you know. So when you know when you came to visit us all those years ago, Gary, you know, um, we always used to talk about you know these five key words. We used to have them all over the classroom, you know, and those were kind of focus, application, respect determination and standards and like i say we we would just draw so many parallels between everything that we did off the pitch and everything that we did on the pitch to try and develop young people first and foremost so that you know they that then translates into winning behaviors and and you know you you can't go far wrong if you if you you know retain a really retain those aspects of, of, of personal development um, and, and, and refer back to them all the time. It was really interesting, actually. So I was I was catching up the other day with um, an ex-student of mine, Louis Barrow, who was now, you know, came across to the US from our program at Monk Seton on a four-year scholarship to, uh, you know, so he went to Regis in Colorado and then transferred across to Saginaw Valley. And he's now, you know, at 27 years old, he's head coach at Saginaw Valley. You know, took the team to rank fourth, I think it was at some at one point this season in national rankings D2, and it was just brilliant having a conversation with Louis, and he referred back to those those five key words that we always used to talk about. You know, 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and um, and he's used them as the kind of cornerstones of his success now as a as a coach and it's just brilliant that you know you you have conversations with players that you've worked with in the past and you know louis didn't go on to 
to play you know professional soccer but he's now doing an incredible job you know as, as a coach and as a leader of um you know young players and um that gives you enormous satisfaction and pride you know to to see that you know as part of your legacy as a coach that you've you've steered people young young people in the right direction and, and you've you've helped them facilitate success in their life you're obviously with that there a lot of players have come from from Monk Seaton and, and went over to the US and you're you're familiar with the pathway and the yeah. obviously a lot of coaches that come over probably are like right like that player what's the grades like and and you know the story about the some have higher ac- academic yes. expectations a lot of American high school club coaches dealing with the same trying to get that kid to go to school that they really want to go to but they academically they're short what advice would you have for a coach uh, or a teacher who's working with someone who academically isn't putting enough in? Do you know what I mean? We talk a lot about the football piece not being there, yeah. but what are the academic pieces in there? Well, I think, you know, they're obviously they're working with you because they're passionate about soccer. And I think um, you can always use that as leverage to get a little bit more out of them academically. So we would always, you know, we would have a, you know, a list of rules, sanctions, call it what you will, you know, and, and the players knew, I think creating really clear expectations from the get-go is really important. And, and involving the players in that process is really important as well, you know, where they feel like they've contributed to what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And then they kind of all sign that off as a, as a group, you know, as a coaching staff and as a, as a playing roster together. And I think, you know, you can then go back always go back to that and say you know if your standards aren't right you know i'm hearing this from this tutor or this teacher and you know you you you're really dropping behind with you with your academic side it's like well you know we can we can pull you out of training or you know and usually it never gets never gets to that point but you know you've got that framework that you can utilize to get the best and and, and ultimately you know it's like a a little bit of uh you know, it's a little bit of tough love, if you like, you know, because you know what's best for them moving forward. You've got to develop that really strong work ethic because, again, everything translates from on the pitch, off the pitch, vice versa. And if if they're willing to cut corners and be slack with certain elements of their life, then then that'll translate onto the pitch as well. And, and I think it's just about developing really solid young people. Mm. You mentioned the EPPP at the start. Uh, your experience working in the academy at Newcastle. Yeah. What impact did, did that have in environments in terms of adding that layer and in that academic factor? I think it was um, well. Just generally speaking, the EPPPs had a trans- pretty transformational effect on the um, you know the academy landscape within the within the UK. You know, I think what it what it really did did help to do was. Um, create environments um, which allow players to get a lot more contact time with their coaches. Um, it, 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 it drove a, a much better coach education framework. So players, generally speaking, were getting to work with better coaches because there was a better education program, not just for the players, but for the, for the coaches as well. The games program had huge benefits, you know, because the Premier League would fund various tournaments and competitions which you know really drove much higher levels of competition 
Um, you know, the wel the welfare provision for players as well. You know, it's a academy football is tough. Pro football is tough. And there's lots of challenges that come with it, both on and off the field. And players need support. Ultimately, they need to be cared for. And I think the EPPP really built in that support network and um, framework for for the players and made sure it was standardised across across the piece so that there wasn't huge deviations in levels of care between one club and, and, and another. So I think the EPPP, and you know, we've seen it with with the um, with the relative success of the the underage groups at England level, you know, the senior age groups at, at, at England level, you know, we've we've enjoyed some real progress and 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 I think the EPPP is 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 um has gone a long way to to helping with that. Mm. Move moves us all along nicely. Um your your new project, the South Shields FC International Academy. Talk to us about the the aims and objectives behind that and, and where you're trying to target in terms of the development area of the player. Well, I mean, you cited earlier in our conversation, Gary, you know, about my background, about developing young players within um, educational football programs, uh, you know, and I've, I've obviously, you know, I've helped facilitate tens and tens of young players the opportunity to to go across from the uk to the us access some fantastic you know scholarships you know i've got players that played under me who've gone on to you know ncaa national championship level success or that kind of thing on the on the pro level success in the us and um so you know the and and those players have really really enjoyed and got a lot from those opportunities and you know we're always looking at socials football club here in the uk at ways that we can be innovative and and can kind of forward thinking and progressive about how we develop the talent pool within our club um but also in more general terms just giving people great experiences and i think um we through through lots and lots of conversations and and, and prep work with uh, with our partners at the university of sunderland we feel we've created a program which is a really exciting one whereby student athletes from not just the us but all over the world can come and access our program and get a bespoke you know timetable whereby all of their you know degree level academics will be delivered in the morning hours across the week which then frees up all the afternoon time for us as a professional football club with all of our staff and an infrastructure resource to deliver an absolutely first rate you know soccer development program for players aged between 18 and you know anything up to 24 25 i guess there's, there's almost no upper age limit um because we're offering undergrad degree pathways and postgrad masters level degree pathways so you know we feel we're We've got some unbelievable people on board here at the club that have got huge experience um, at, at professional level soccer. Um, and, and we can provide a platform and an environment which will maximize student athletes' potential both in the classroom academically and, and athletically with, you know, hopefully some amazing, um, you know, future outcomes and destinations beyond the program as well. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, you you sent me over the the brochure and had a had a yeah. look at it a couple of days ago. And I always I love looking at 
again the structures and environments because obviously uh you know in america i'm, I'm pretty passionate about that myself about yeah. uh, how people put those frameworks together you've got the psychology in there you've got the sports science in there you've yeah. obviously got the academics and the football piece in there how, how as a leader do you do you make sure that that's all managed but yet you know it's all aligned rather than you see a lot of silos in, in environments yeah. that well, obviously, as you've alluded to, we have a, you know, what I would class as a multidisciplinary coaching team, you know, lots of different elements in there, or, you know, every one of which is a, is a specialist in their own area. And I think what you have to do in a leadership capacity is, is consciously and deliberately create lots of contact time between those individual elements of your coaching team so that you, you avoid that falling into that trap of like you say people just you know looking after their own slice of the pie so to, so to speak and um because there is so much overlap between the sports science side of coaching between the the technical and tactical on on grass side of coaching the site you know the the uh the strength and conditioning side you know it's there's so there's so much overlap between all those different elements that you have to work cohesively and collaboratively as as a team in order to maximize the player's development you know so even if it's just from different part different elements of your coaching team being aware of any any issues with regards to any particular individual player and that nothing slips through the net but you know having that collaborative approach so that you can you can actually share share ideas and, and and develop yourself as an individual coach you know i i've learned so much you know i'm not a strength and condition expert but i've got a much more well-rounded understanding of the strength and condition elements that go into improving soccer players by spending time face to face with you know with with our snc team and and so i, th I think it's really really important that you consciously and deliberately you know create that contact time make sure that there's period you know frequent um situations across every week where you've got all the different elements of your coaching team in the same room together at the same time hello coaches we take a quick break here if you enjoy the content and the discussions on modern soccer coach please feel free to join us on fridays we are doing a new set of webinars alongside APFA and our relationship with APFA, Association of Professional Football Analysts, every Friday around lunchtime, noon, Eastern time, we have a guest, usually a presentation, not just analysis, there is quite a bit of analysis, but sometimes we get someone to talk about specific area of coaching or a specific topic, and that coach comes on, has a chat, we have some questions i have some questions coaches in attendance have some questions and we have a good discussion for an hour so always good to get your support on that there check in on our instagram page we have our schedule every week that we put up there and the modern soccer coach page on twitter as well and if you miss any of them you get them on the apfa website apfa.io and you also get takeaways with links free links on the Modern Soccer Coach website, modernsoccercoach.com. So please join us, have a chat, have a good discussion. It's always good when coaches jump on, get different set of opinions, get some insights, get some experiences. Every Friday at lunchtime, 
for absolutely free. Thanks so much for your support. I will see you soon. We talk, and, and again, the first or the second question I asked you was was development from uh, facilitating that kind of environment between 14 to 18. But let's go and let's look at the, the age group that you just mentioned there, 18 through 25, that, that you guys are going to be working on. Yeah. Like, how yeah. much how yeah. much talent or development gets overlooked at that age group? You know, How much more is there to, to look at and, and drive towards? I think... <laughs> I think I'm well. I'm a believer, and I'm sure most coaches are that if you if you're good enough, you're old enough type thing. And I, I think where the issue of overlooked talent comes in is when there's a lack of opportunity. So if we take the U.S. for example, Gary, you know there are literally, you know, the the U.S. is just awash with literally tens and tens of thousands of you know. If we're taking collegiate level, you know, tens and tens of thousands of players, but there's only so many spots. In the team you know and if we're looking at pathways into professional soccer you know the us i think it's fair to say the us has still got a fair way to go in terms of building that depth um of you know professional opportunities you know in the uk and europe you know, well if we take the uk for example you could argue we have you know five if not six tiers of you know soccer here in the uk which would be classed as professional you know we're about to you know touch wood we're we're within touch and distance of promotion again this season at our at our football club and we'll be in the the sixth tier so for a lot of your us audience you know that'll be one tier below where wrexham currently are. i know there's a big spotlight on wrexham at the moment with you know ryan reynolds um so and, and we're a you know we're a full-time professional football club here in the uk you know, six, seven years ago, when the owner first came in and took over at South Shields Football Club, we were down in the, the 10th tier of, of, of English soccer. You know, so we're now going to be in the sixth tier. We've had a really rapid progression through the ranks, you know, just again, just to give some context to your listeners, you know, at the sixth tier of English football, we'll have, you know, we'll have in excess of two and a half thousand fans on average in our, in our games, you know, so we, we you know, we're we're able to support full-time professional soccer here at, at, at South Shields Football Club. Um, so I think the, the problem comes with 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 lack of you know lack of opportunities. If you're talking about you know talent being overlooked, it's it's usually because there's lack lack of opportunities, and and I think that's another reason why we feel it could be a really attractive proposition for for US-based student athletes. To explore the opportunity to come and play, and and study with us over here on this program, because there's you know we have a we have so many contacts as a professional football club with 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 agents with other professional clubs, so that if a player we develop is good enough to step into pro soccer, if we can't offer them a professional contract here at our club, then we can facilitate the opportunity of professional soccer either elsewhere in the UK or you know. Mainland Europe, you know, we've got great contacts in Southeast Asia, in the Middle East, um, even in Australia. So there's lots and lots of different avenues we can explore. Yeah, it's really interesting because a lot is like if you want to do football and go the academic route, the college in America is the primary way to do that. You're almost flipping that, but then you're adding on the 
the aspect of, hey, listen, you'll get exposure, you'll get opportunities. Yeah. Um, what, what does the games program look like then? What, what type of, on top of all the environment and the training, yeah. what are they going to get exposed to in terms of competition? Yeah, so we've got, obviously, through our partnership with the University of Sunderland, we, we have access to you know, place our players into into the teams that represent the university at regional level and national level um, books, competitions, you know, leagues and cups. Um, but then we've also got a network of other semi-professional clubs around us in the area where we can place players to get senior, senior, you know, semi-professional experience in the northeast of England. But on top of that, we're creating our own bespoke games program, Gary. So, you know, we, as you know, we've got the likes of Newcastle United, Sunderland Football Club, Middlesbrough, Carlisle. You know, the, there's lots of um, lots of professional football clubs within easy travelling distance of of where we are in the UK. And, and you know, we we will we will look to have exhibition games against against other pro academy clubs, um, as well as competing in 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 other league competitions such as the National Youth Football League over here in the UK, which is which has got feeder teams into lots of lots of pro clubs around the country so the, the, there's lots of different opportunities and competitions that we will we will you know test the players stretch the players when they when they're here as part of the program and i think what's important to to understand is and i'm not trying to uh, put a slight on ncaa competition but there are some limitations in terms of you know you've got a three-month competitive season over in the us you know we, we're not bound by the same restrictions, so you've got a full nine-month competitive season here. There's no there's no restrictions in terms of how much you can or can't train outside of that competitive season as well. So we don't have to we don't have to abide by any of those restrictions that NCAA institutes have to over in the US, which I think you know does give us a little bit of an edge in terms of our opportunities to develop players over here. And that you mentioned earlier so it could be it can be well the two questions are the two like confirmations for you would be it could be someone that's just finished a, uh, a an undergrad degree they can go and do a master's and yes, do the program right. and it's open to women as well right you have a woman's program. yeah no absolutely female program and actually there's, there's there's some great opportunities through our female pathway because um in terms of um male players coming across the uk on an international student visa um, there's a certain ceiling on what level they can play at um, competitively in men's senior football, um, and it's and it's down to around about the eighth or ninth tier of, of of English soccer within our pyramid. But on the female side, it's really interesting because a female international student can come over here, be part of our program, play and and, and train and study, and play up to tier three. Or step three of the FA Women's National Pyramid. So they can't play WSL. So they can't play Women's Super League Soccer. They can't play Women's Super Super League Two Soccer, which are classed as like the two professional tiers of women's soccer in the UK. But they can play from step three down over. So we have our at our club. We have our women's um, team that are playing in step five of English football. But you've got clubs on our doorstep, such as Newcastle United, you know, obviously one of the most famous EPL clubs um, in the country. Their women's team are currently playing at step four of the English women's pyramid. So female players can come across, access our programme, 
And if they're good enough, potentially get the opportunity to play for Newcastle United women's team as as one example. So, you know, in, in Newcastle United are putting a huge push on female football at the moment after the takeover recently, 12 months ago. You know, they've had some some games played at St. James's Park, which is obviously where the men's first team play. The last game that they played at St. James's Park, there was 35,000 spectators wow. in attendance. So, I mean, there's some... Potentially, there's some unbelievable opportunities for female players to come across here, access our program, and get some phenomenal experiences whilst they're over here. You mentioned staff earlier, so you've got two Premier League legends on the staff, which of course jumped out to me: uh, Julio Arca, who what a player he was, and of yeah. course then Kevin Phillips, who who was an absolute legend in Sunderland. Tell me about them as coaches. What are they like? Well, first and foremost, they're both great people. And I think that's really important. You know, Kevin's obviously, you know, his his playing career speaks for, his, for himself. You know, it's uh, he's still the only UK player ever to win the European Golden Boots. So, you know, the top scorer in any of the five top leagues in Europe in any one given season. And, um, you know, Kevin, obviously, since retiring from playing, has coached at clubs such as Leicester City, you know, ex-Premier League champions. Uh, Derby County, Stoke City, um, you know, ex-Premier League clubs. And, um, you know, Kevin's taken his first bite at first team management with us here at the club. And, you know, it's been a, having a great season with our first team. Um, and, you know, he's fully, you know, fully on board with the, with the International Academy programme and will be a contributor to it. And um, so, so Kevin's obviously got, an unbelievable understanding of what it takes to to you know the the elements that are required in order to become a professional soccer player in the in in the UK, and I think obviously Julio has those same that same understanding and that same experience as well. But I think what what's particularly pertinent with someone like Julio is that obviously being Argentinian, uh, born and raised, he came to the UK as a 19 year old. He was signed by Sunderland Football Club at the age of 19, and so he's got you know that 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 experience of having to adapt as a, at a very young age at the age group that we're looking at now. You know, for the players coming into our international academy program, he can relate to those players as somebody who has experienced himself coming to a foreign country at a really young age, having to adapt to a different culture, a different lifestyle. In his case, a different language. And, you know, and ultimately being making that a huge success. So there's so much that, that Julio can, can, you know, can give to the players um, on our programme because he's had that direct experience himself. Brilliant project. Very, very exciting uh, to hear about it. And obviously it's at the exciting stage where it's kicking off. But you just mentioned before we started recording about, about your whirlwind schedule at the minute. So like, what, what does recruitment look like as you look to build this? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the the we've we've essentially, you know, only been going at this officially for the last few weeks because we um, we had to get the kind of contract all agreed with the university, and that took a little bit of time. So we understand that, you know, given the general commitment timelines that usually happen in the US, that we're maybe a little bit late coming to the coming to the party, so to speak, in you know February March time. But we're, we're really, really passionate about our program. We really believe in it. We feel that it, it can offer such an exciting alternative pathway for so many, you know, talented players, particularly in the US. And I think, you know, we, we've, 
we've well, we've spent so much energy just trying to maximize that awareness of the program first and foremost you know so and now i've we're at the stage now where a lot of coaches are on board and and and, and willing to help us kind of promote promote the program to the players that they've that they work with um which is great and then we've got trips planned across the us ourselves along with representatives from the university in the next few weeks to you know to meet people face to face meet players and their families and to you know convert that interest into our first cohort which will start with us in september 23 um so you know we've got we've got just over six months before the program will what we've got just under six months before the program will start um for real and um we want to get as strong a roster as we possibly can in place by you know typically the the end of may maybe early part of june so we've got you know we've got a, a big challenge ahead of us but like i say because of the people that we have on board the way that we've structured the program what we feel it can offer we feel like there'll be a lot of a lot of interest a lot of demand on and and, and it's up to us to try and get the best players we possibly can to uh and, and one thing i will say gary is you know because we are at this stage you know a, a startup program so to speak and we you know we can't we can't evidence players that have come through our program yet the first cohort that come on board with us will get you know we've got to pull out all the stops we've got to give them the best experience possible because we've got to prove out we've got everything to prove as a program you know we can we can talk about the facilities we've got and the the people you know behind the program and, and the, the people that are going to deliver day in day out in the program and and all the different pathways that we can offer and experiences that we can offer but ultimately we've got to prove ourselves and i think so for anybody listening whether it be a coach or a player and you know if this if this program is interests them in any way shape or form i need them to know that we we have to we have to give them the best experience possible in order to get this program established you know our our aim further down the line is for it to be you know the go-to program that everybody wants to talk about in terms of you know given young talented student athletes that opportunity to, to to not have to compromise on either side whatsoever and for there to be some unbelievable outcomes and destinations beyond the program yeah i did a I did a talk for a group of coaches there a couple of weeks ago on just player development in America and what, what the landscape's looking like. And one of the things I addressed was the fact that with with American domestic players starting to go over to overseas earlier and having success there, Leeds United, yeah. Kenny and Adams starting in midfield for a top Premier League club. That, yeah. There now might be a wave of player in America saying, you know what, like, I... I it's it's not just the university route over here that I'm looking at. There's other avenues as well, right? So I'm sure there's going to be coaches that are high school club that are going to start experiencing those conversations. Um, what's the what's the next step for people to get in touch with? <laughs> yeah, be, before I met, before I go into that, Gary, one thing I, I would like to mention as well, you know, just doing a little bit of research before we we spoke. If you were to have a guess as to what the average age of a debutante in the English Premier, well, actually across all five of the top European leagues in Europe, what would you say the average age of a, a debutante was? 
I, it's going to be if you're asking me, that's going to be high. But I would say if you if you just randomly, I would say it's 18, 18.5. It's twenty one point seven years of age. Wow! 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 Is the, is the average age across the top five leagues in Europe of an a debutant at first team level? So what that says to me is that you know professional clubs are so eager to you know to to to, to to place those demands on young players and say, look, you've either got to go this way or that way. It's, it's up to you. And I think, but through, through again, through the EPPP, you know, they've developed the, you know, the under 21, under 23 kind of pathway because, because clubs now realise that, you know, for some players, it's an opportunity. It's the time you need to give them to physically develop. For some of them, it's the time for them to emotionally and, you know, and psychologically develop. And I think, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, there's there's lots. Yeah, if you haven't made it by 18, your career's not over. You know, if you haven't made it by 21, your career's not over. So, you know, I think it's important that you 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 can still, you know, work towards that dream of being a pro footballer, and it doesn't have to happen at a really 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 early age. And I think you know, with the program that we've put together here, you know, it gives players the opportunity to. You know, in a really professional and and intensive football environment, professional football environment, the opportunity to maximise their potential, but not throw away their academic and you know further life opportunities as well. So, um, but in terms of in terms of players getting in touch um, or coaches getting in touch, we've got um, we've got our website in partnership with the university, which you, you can find at go dot sunland dot ac dot uk forward slash ifa um and then you can register interest players or coaches can register interest um through the the online form that we've got on our website um or i'm sure you can post my email details on on the uh on the uh, on on your podcast page as well gary and uh, and we can uh, i can pick up conversations with players and coaches from, from you know from that standpoint as well absolutely now we'll have everything on the on the on the uh, podcast description below for all the coaches and no this is fantastic this is fantastic i'm excited uh lee now this is step one so we'll have to uh, give me a good excuse to get back over to the newcastle and i'll be delighted to have you over gary and like i say you know i'm, I'm really looking forward to coming across the states in the next few weeks and you know, meeting people face to face. It's great to speak to people, you know, virtually over video calls. And I've, I think I'm on to about 400 video calls in the last three, three weeks. Um, but there is no substitute for meeting people face to face. And, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to, to meeting players and their families and coaches because, you know, this, this is, this is an opportunity that can, that can work both ways as well. You know, we can, we've got our own, domestic academy pathway you know we've got a really really successful and renowned 16 to 19 academy you know education based academy here at the club and you know i want to continue to feed some great talent across into the us you know like i say you know i've got a great track record of of, of placing some fantastic young players in the ncaa landscape you know i had well, if we go back, you know, you talk about Gary Hamill, who used to work with it at Wingate. You know, Gary had five of his, you know, regular starters in his 2016 NCAA National Championship side that, that came from, from me over here, my Monk Seaton program before I came to South Shields. 
and two of his coaching staff at the time were ex-Monk City players as well. So, you know, um, I understand, you know, what the levels are. I understand, you know, um, how players are going to be successful and what coaches are looking for. And um, you know this can be this can be definitely a two-way street that that can that can benefit both sides of the water, so to speak. Brilliant, brilliant, fantastic, Lee. Thank you so much for coming on to chat, and we will do it again sometime. And if we can help in any way, just let us know. Thanks for having me, Gary. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources. Head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.